out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys, netsdaily.com, <coughs> iTunes, five stars, we want them, we need them, we have to have them, Ryan! Dude. The Nets are back! We are rocking out, man. The Nets are back, baby! <laughs> Sorry. Uh... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's back. Is this premature? What are, What are the odds that they just <laughs> <Who cares? laughs> that they just that they just wanted to get rid of Alan Crabb and have no designs to do anything else? This is the scenario of like you send an IM to a girl to hope to take her to the prom. She hasn't even replied yet, but just the fact that you you've delivered the invitation, you feel like you've already won. I, Mike, I've learned just so much about you right now. An IM to a girl <laughs> out to take her to the prom that says everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel very like suburban landscape right now. I'm actually in Fairport, New York, a suburb of Rochester. I'm here for a wedding weekend. That's why we're potting now Friday morning as opposed to last night because I was driving from New York City to Rochester. So uh, I apologize for everyone that wanted hot, fresh Alan Crab trade takes uh, last night. I'm just yelling in a car. I'm in a car in a parking lot. I'm just yelling. As you, as you can tell, we've had the night to ruminate on it, and we, you know, we have cooler heads now. That's <laughs> that's what happened, um, buddy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Jesus, buddy. Uh, what are your feelings? Just tell me everything. Before we <laughs> dig, before we, you know, do a little jig on the grave of Alan Crabb here, I, you know, I want to do a quick autopsy. Just, just pay some respect to the man and his and his time oh, here. God, is that okay? Can we do that? Yeah, you could do that. You could do that. <laughs> I, I feel like <laughs> if if there's a lesson to be taken out of this, there and there is some kind of lesson in here somewhere. You know, I, I just feel really like he's a, there's a Sisyphean kind of character arc to mm. to to Alan Crabb, to young Alan Crabb. And, um, you know, tempting as it is, well, obviously, okay, so let's just put it like this. You don't say no to $75 million under any circumstances. So there's nothing, the guy didn't do anything wrong. Obviously, that's generational wealth that changes, like, your grandkids' lives forever. Um, so you take it. But there's a bit of a deal with the devil there for a certain type of player. And um, he's living in the consequences of, of that deal. Um, and part of that deal is that you get shipped around quite a bit. Um, it, when you don't perform to the level of that deal, again, not his fault. Um, but yeah, it's so that uh, we're going to talk about everything about this, like what this means, obviously, for the Kyrie rumors, what this means for the Kyrie and D'Angelo Russell rumors, what this means for the Kyrie and Kevin Durant rumors. Um, Tareem Prince, I've got some thoughts about him, as everyone else should. I've been watching lots of Down to Buck videos, which, by the way, I I'm, I'm, I'm assuming everybody's familiar with Down to Buck because they watch a lot of YouTube mixes and, and highlight reels in the same way that I do. The guy only has 15k subscribers and he gets 
like, you know, so many downloads. The guy's putting in work. Can everyone just go to subscribe to Down to Buck? Because the guy needs it, okay? Let me just let me just put that out there. Sorry. He needs Continue. it and he deserves it. That's he really does. He really deserves more thumbs up and more subscribers. Um, So we're going to talk about all that, but just, like, as we're into this topic, this Alan Crab, what he deserves and all that stuff, I will say it is, Brian, we've talked about Alan Crab. So he got, when he got traded to the nets we had on your buddy chris axman to talk about it because he was like a big alan crab supporter he mm-hmm. thought that alan crab could offer more and he gets traded to the nets and it's like okay well he was the third scorer on a really good offensive team in portland he was primarily just a shooter coming off screens and being the kyle corver of that team or whatever but maybe even a little bit more elevated than that um, he was one of the best three-point shooters in the league, though he wasn't worth that contract. That was obviously given to him by Sean Marks. Um, there was some excitement, like maybe this guy's going to be, you know, Clay Thompson-esque. You know, 48% of Clay Thompson. That would be awesome. Um, mm-hmm. What he ended up being was like a guy who was not very good. And I'm excited. I'll say it. I'm excited that he's not on the team anymore. Okay? Just overall, I'm kind of happy I don't have to watch the anxiety of Alan Crabb play out on the basketball court anymore. And I know that's, like, not a fun take, but it was not fun watching this guy whose value was tied up into one act, the act of making a three-point shot, and he couldn't do that. He had a nice second half, whatever. He always had nice streaks, but the majority of the time as him as a net was, like, a bummer. Mm-hmm. And they had to dra- they had to put two first-round picks to get rid of him. So, yeah, I know. Boring was, sad take. He, he's a little bit of a tragic figure, and um, and that's a shame because he seems like a like really solid, you know, philanthropic bro. Um, so that's always <laughs> that's always sad. We uh, always have to say that, by the way. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This new the new age of sports commentary. It's like we have to obviously look at the full spectrum of a person's live while we're talking about them in the basketball context, and he does donate a lot of money to charity. So we appreciate. His contributions to society. Thank um, you, Alan. But I mean, so well, we should talk about everything. But I've been watching so much Tory and Prince ever since, and <laughs> and digging digging deep into those into those stats, those deep analytics. And there's a lot to like about Tory and Prince. I'm kind of stunned that that Atlanta was low enough to to let uh, the Nets prime away at this point. Um, maybe there's something I don't know about him. I, I've been waiting to hear like what Hawks fans think about this, but I haven't really. Haven't really gotten that far. Um, well, yeah. well, so let's do this. Let's let's work from big to small. And yeah, we'll get yeah. To, sorry, sorry. Don't bury the lead. Don't bury the lead. Yeah, dump, <laughs> we'll dump, get dump. Torian Prince's <laughs> and uh, basketball yeah. breakdown like forty five minutes from now. Yeah. But so okay, if you if you ha- aren't aware, <laughs> the the basics facts of what what happened was Brooklyn traded Alan Crabb in his contract, his final year of his contract, plus number seventeen this year, plus a protected lottery protected pick first round pick in 2020 and if it's the nets are in the lottery it rolls over it continues to roll over continue to be protected within the lottery which is a big deal it doesn't descend in protection the protection maintains from what we understand from zach Lowe. it maintains as being lottery protected so even if uh the nets get into a situation where they strike out on Kyrie, they miss out on kevin durant somehow d'angelo russell leaves even though that wouldn't happen but let's just say this team blows up the nets are protected Mazel tough. You can do that with a trade. You are allowed to protect first-round picks. It didn't seem that way with the Nets, but you are able to do it. The Nets get Tareem Prince and a 2021 second-round pick. The Brooklyn Nets clear $18 million in additional salary cap space for June 30th start of free agency. 
which gives the Nets about $46 million of which to operate and even then retain D'Angelo Russell. Um, so there's several big questions off of this. I think the biggest sort of debate that is surrounding this team is like, what exactly does this move mean? Is this move an indication that the Nets are going after Kyrie plus another free agent, or is it just we want Kyrie and D'Lo and we wanted more room to operate? I got to say, it's I'm in a place right now where I'm thinking more and more that D'Angelo Russell may not exactly be a part of the Nets' A plan. Like, I don't think he's... Their A plan is very much Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. That's their A plan. They're, it is not D'Angelo Russell. It's like, we are going after these top two free agents. We're going to try to pair them together, and we're going to make this trade early enough before free agency so both players, Kyrie and Kevin Durant, understand that we can do this, that we, the Nets, can make this trade, we can make the signings necessary to get both of you guys your max money and get you into our cap there's no complications. There, they, the, the Nets would have to make one other small move. Maybe it's actually dumping Tareem Prince to someone else or dumping, you know, whoever else is on the roster. It could be trading Dinwiddie for something of value, actually bringing back another first-round pick, or trading Joe Harris, which I don't want to see happen because I think his contract's a beautiful value. But by doing it now, by doing it, you know, three weeks, four weeks before free agency starts, the Nets are letting the rest of the NBA know and Kevin Durant and Kyrie that, like, no, no, we are, we're ready to roll. This is it. This is the blank slate that you need. And the blank slate not only comes with cap space, it comes with Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Joe Harris. You get all of that, and you can have it here in Brooklyn. It's, it's I mean, Brian, we said it, you know, uh, last pod that we potted, you know, 48 hours ago. If the Nets trade Allen Crabb, they're, they're big game hunting. They're more than just getting it at Kyrie. They're, they're aiming for more than just Kyrie at this point. Um, yeah, it's a pretty, like, it's a pretty, like, shockingly great situation to be in. Like, all of the, like, you know, the knuckle ringing that I've been seeing in the, the Nets community is, um, like, justified because everybody wants to do the right thing and, you know, always do the right thing. That's my motto. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, like, we are, our cup is truly running over. It runneth over. Um you know, with like opportunities here and the way that we, I mean, this is like, obviously like a super pivotal moment for Sean Marks and getting this like, you know, a plus correct is, is also super important. Um, but I guess if the overall point you're making is whether the priority here is D'Angelo Russell or Kevin Durant or, you know, superstar contract X, um, I, I do tend to agree with you that it seems to be D'Angelo Russell is like, we can finagle a way to like slap you on like as a third, you know, portion of this, of this three headed thing, but you know, make no mistake like that. That'll be sort of the last thing that happens and it won't be maybe entirely up to you is the vibe. There's a lot of interesting. So I'll, I'll go with like, so obviously the Kyrie rumors, even since we potted last, which again was two days ago, they're getting louder, right? Like so, well, this... Woj officially signed off on it, which is necessary, right? Woj Woj just said that the the Nets are serious about Kyrie, and Kyrie is serious about the Nets. So we we know that that that's, now that Woj is saying it, obviously Puccio was the one who broke the news initially, and. It's been awesome to see Puccio get a lot of buzz. He's really having gonna... a moment out there. It's almost like he should be on a podcast soon. 
Yeah, it seems like it would be smart if like there was a podcast that we're maybe going to drop, you know, late Tuesday, early Wednesday, that would have him talk about the Nets. If that happened, that would be a great scenario for the people that were doing the podcast. I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, you know, who that podcast may be, I don't know. But um, <laughs> that was so lame. Yeah. Sorry for oh, that. Geez, lame really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. I'm in Rochester. I drove six hours last <laughs> night. I drank. McDonald's coffee and ate a McDonald's cookies. I am not on the best of like a nutrition. Let me ask you this. Does yes. McDonald's coffee taste a little bit like baked beans to you? Is there a hint of that? If You got to have it <laughs> in front like, of you. But it's really, if you think about it like that, I'm, I promise you, you'll taste it next time. It's like when you go to a very nice coffee shop and they tell you there's notes of chocolate and blueberry right. and all that. <laughs> right. It's like McDonald's is just like baked yeah. beans and cigars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but I actually like, like McDonald's cigarette coffee. Butts. Yeah. I kind of... Um, I mean the the dollar price tag on a McDonald's coffee is tough to just, beat. It wins me over. Okay, can't bear the lead. Focus. What do we got here? <laughs> um, okay, so I think Kevin Pelton said this in his trade breakdown where he gave the Nets an A minus for this trade. Is that making the Allen Crab move? The Nets could have signed Kyrie Irving and D'Angelo Russell without trading Allen Crab. That could have happened. Um, by trading Allen Crab, it is a clear signal from the Nets, that they're aiming to do more. Now, interestingly, when you dig in more into the numbers, by making this move, they cannot immediately sign Kyrie and Kevin Durant to the max because Durant's max is going to be higher than Kyrie's because he has more years of service. So something else would still need to happen. Now, that thing needing to happen would literally be moving Prince to another team, which I think you could do with not – you don't have to attach an asset to get rid of Prince. I think you could just dump Prince into like the Sacramento Kings. They would just take him for free. And you could you could bring back, you know, Georgia Papa Nicolaus, you know, their former first round pick from eighteen years ago or whatever, who was no good, the center from Greece. You know, like that type of move where you just like you take nothing back and you get Prince. So that's how you can get both Kevin Durant and Kyrie. So I think that need that's like to me, that's like the most stressed thing that I think we have to say, Brian, is that like the Nets could just sign could have just signed Kyrie and D'Angelo Russell, and kept Alan Crabb, and kept those two first-round picks that they traded. But they made a clear decision, and why they made the decision is the interesting point, but they made a clear decision to open up all of this extra cap space from my thinking and why I think they did it, and why I believe that because of who the GM is, the Nets have some indication from somewhere, from some source, that at least Kevin Durant is considering the Nets. Right, so I think they have it on good authority that Kyrie Irving wants to go to the Nets. As of what are what are we June seventh? As of June seventh, Kyrie Irving wants to go to the Nets, and that could change. I think they have a strong indication from another source that Kevin Durant is seriously considering a, a future with the Brooklyn Nets in some way. You know whether that means he's actually going to come here, we don't know. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing, even if they don't get Kevin Durant. I I, I like the the extra cap space that the Nets are going to have right now because whatever they're going to use with it, whether it's Kevin Durant or someone else, that someone else is going to be better than what Alan Crabb was giving them. So they improve their team no matter what. They have the opportunity to improve their team. Um, I think it's interesting. I wonder if this is um, like conscious or not, or if there's any like actual strategizing going on here, but it's not that often that you see, um, the rumors of free agency like become this solidified this far out. 
you know, like, like, yeah, it's weird. And I wonder if that's like, um, like post decision, like positioning oneself for, you know, um, the highest Q rating or whatever it is. Um, but like, or, or if it's just like unique to like Kyrie Irving, who's just seems to sort of have, have a way forward. Did you see he had a, some videos recently about like him walking around his old neighborhood and like talking to like, um, a crossing, crossing guard, guard or whatever. Yeah. But he so, seemed like really stoked on that crossing guard. Like, um, I don't know. I can't figure out Kyrie Irving. I'll say that much. Like I, you know, that his, his enigmaticness defies even my, preternatural eq rating which i've talked a lot about on the show recently um but yeah i'm wondering if it's just like Kyrie irving being a unique media navigator and, and being like a you know even a month out i'm saying like yes to the nets or whatever and letting everybody know about it or yeah i don't know it just seems weird well okay so obviously um so if you haven't seen Kyrie, you should actually all Nets fans through now it should be a requirement to go on Instagram and follow Kyrie Irving because Kyrie has stepped up his social media presence as of last week. Uh, he wasn't doing that much and now he's doing more. And he's the type of guy who I believe is dropping hints on Instagram because that's the type of person that he is. He likes that kind of game, I think. And he had a video, as Brian was saying, of him walking around West Orange and he ran into a crossing guard. And it's obviously he's being filmed about something. And so, one, I don't think it's there's a he actively or someone on his team actively chose to release a video of him walking around his hometown before he's going to make a free agent decision where the top two destinations that aren't Boston are two hometown teams, right? The Knicks and the Nets. So, like, there's just so like if I'm a Celtics fan, one, I'm furious because, like, not only is he going to make this decision, he's building towards the decision and him and his side are leaking like stuff like they Celtics fans can't even enjoy if they were enjoying the NBA finals because all that's being talked about is like Kyrie's gonna come to Brooklyn or Kyrie's gonna come to the Knicks. And Kyrie's walking around his hometown Dude. building up to the point of like, this is my hometown team, the Nets, and I'm coming back to my home, which is the Nets. Celtics fans are so they are like the embodiment of that meme where it's um like you know how they do that like that feels guy and he's like crying really hard and then he's got that mask that's just like a really like plain smiley face on it just it's that they are the living embodiment of that right now but like even Bill Simmons on his thing is like yeah sweet like you know Kyrie sucks send him to Brooklyn <laughs> like um I mean he didn't I'm paraphrasing there but like that's the like the overall no, yeah yeah that's the vibe yeah the overall tone of um, like the Celtics, like, I don't know, contingent is that they're, they're like, yeah, just like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum all the way. Like we're, we're good. This is great. And I cannot believe that, that they've convinced themselves of that, or I don't know what, but, um, obviously there's like a big karmic, you know, reversal here. And it has something to do with, you know, Danny Ainge's deal with the devil that he made years ago, because a guy with that body type shouldn't have made it, you know, to the NBA and played for that long. So, um, <laughs> so, so like, yeah, I think it all comes back full circle, you know, with, when you're dealing with the devil. Um, and so like, I'm going to, I'm going to push aside the, the logistical fridge and stuff and all that for a second. My biggest enjoyment of this trade and the potential outcome of this trade is that like Sean Marks and the Brooklyn Nets are going to war with not just the Knicks, but the rest of the NBA. And they're doing it in an extremely smart way. Obviously, when Prokhorov came in, 
he had the what was it the billboard outside MSG and like he made declarations that like you know the the Nets are going to be a dynasty we're going to win all these championships they made that the horrible trade with the Boston Celtics of course this was in Woj's tweet I don't know if it was in his story but he tweeted this Kyrie Irving is serious about the Nets and the Nets are serious about beating the Knicks and the rest of the league to the biggest free agents in the marketplace this is like for all that Sean Marks talks about step by step this is a process. This is a long thing. We're going to really do this organically and beautifully and all of that stuff. This summer, he is putting his freaking foot on the pedal and just taking off and saying, you know what? We are, we've built up a really nice thing and we built it up slowly and properly. Now we're going to take advantage of that thing that we built, this engine that we've built, and we're going to put it into a badass Lamborghini or whatever, and we're we're going. Because like, look at how fired up you are today, Mike. Like I can't. This is what it, what cracks me up about you is that you you hem and haw until you see the first domino <laughs> fall, which is like the guy that you want to trade the most, <laughs> and you're all about oh, it. I'm you're so all happy in. he's gone. Yeah, I'm so I can't. I'm so, I'm so happy. I'm not going to apologize. <clears throat> I I what because because we understand like the part about being a basketball fan now is understanding the salary cap and all the implications and how important that is to the construction of your team and when you have a guy making 18 million dollars a year who was at one point last season the least productive most highly paid player in the nba who was like playing basketball like jr smith was banished so he doesn't count because he infinitively sucked because he didn't play basketball so he just was a drain without any production Alan Crabb was playing basketball and getting paid $18 million a year and was making, like, two threes a game, no assists, no rebounds. I'm happy he's gone. Okay, so if we want to go into, like, the trade a bit, the Nets gave up two first-round picks to get rid of Alan Crabb. And I've seen some people say, like, oh, that's too much. That's, like, you gave up too much. Other teams have been able to trade Alan, like, a guy like Alan Crabb with that high of salary, thinking of, like, Kenneth Fareed, um, though he wasn't quite that high. Um, and just giving up one first-round pick. And the Nuggets' first-round pick it ended up being, you know, what was it, 27 overall, which now the Nets have. I don't know. I mean, okay, so it's two first-round picks. Well, one, if you're going big game free agent hunting, um, you actually don't want as many first-round picks because they take up salary slots. And Prince's salary slot matches almost like perfectly with how much money that the 17th overall pick is going to make. So you you don't gain any money from Prince coming in you that that's a net zero so whatever you're saving on the Allen Crab going out you're saving all of it because that Prince's salary is the same as 17 overall so that's one reason so the 2021 it's protected until eternity until it turns into two second round picks and we talked about this Prince is like a player like he's he started on the Hawks who were a pretty interesting team he scored 13 points a game shot what was it like 39 percent from three he's an athletic three four a guy exactly who they would want to have on their team so they ended up paying a little bit more than they probably wanted to in those two first round picks but they paid two first round picks and got a good player they got to dump a bad player and they got a second round pick which you know is a second round pick it's something it's like one of the assets we're always told how important they are you know i i have i have zero qualms about this i think there's there's nothing but positives it sucks that uh, Alan Crabb was a salary dump. Like I, it's it, like that's the other side of this. Is like Sean Marks's worst move in the most important <laughs> summer comes back to bite him because he has to use these assets, these two first round picks, to get rid of the guy who was his worst move. Um, yeah, I mean, like in terms of just like one to one, the the players. 
um, like Torian Prince is sort of obviously a better fit for the situation, and like even just on paper, kind of head and shoulders above Alan Crabb at the moment, which is kind of crazy to say. He's just like he's younger. His all of his percentages are better. Um, all of his stat, like literally every step category is better. Um, and, and and he's and he's like a big he can, bigger dude, like better bigger like better, dude. better position for us, fits into the system better. Yeah. And he's and gonna, he also just has like more moves. Like I was watching these videos of him and he does the kind of Damari Carroll, like he can, you know, if you try to run him off the line, he'll actually put the ball on the floor with his left hand and get to the rim still. Like like Alan Cramp could not do that. Well, and it's like so Yes, Prince fell out somewhat out of favor because the new GM of the Hawks, it wasn't his pick, and it's like the classic, not my pick, I'm not going to invest that much into him. But he did start nearly every game for the Hawks. It wasn't like he's a guy who, you know, you'll see like Ben McLemore type first-round picks who end up just being on the bench and never really playing. Well, he was hurt, like, so there's also that part of it. So, you know, we can't we can't overlook that. But, yeah, go ahead. What, what's that? Torian Prince was hurt for a lot of last year. Well, but he but he played. So what I'm trying to say is that, like, this wasn't like a personality issue, at least from what we understand now. It and he wasn't a completely unused asset. He played basketball. Right. It wasn't um, DNP coach's decision or whatever. He was getting right, minutes. Right. He was healthy. He was a contributing player in the NBA last year, and the Nets are getting a contributing player in the NBA. This is, you know, so like I, I go back to the Sixers, uh, Clippers, Tobias Harris trade, and even at the time when the and and now it's like a popular thing to say. But when the Sixers gave up Landry Shamit in that deal, that's like the smart Jerry West type thing to do where you, even in a trade where you're, you know, there's bigger pieces involved, like the headline pieces are the the first round picks and Tobias Harris going either way, that like you then go to that next level within a trade, whether it's to fill out the the salary or, you know, maybe that back end prospect that you like. Jerry West has continually made trades like that or been involved in trades like that where they get that next piece within the bigger trade. In this bigger trade, I'm sure the discussions began with, hey, Hawks, we have Alan Crabb. We don't want him. We'll give you a first-round pick plus Alan Crabb. You just take him on your salary. Just give us, like, you know, $2. And within the discussions evolved and the Hawks were like, no, we want two first-round picks for him and all that stuff. Sean Marks eventually came back, must have said, give us Toreen Prince and give us that second round pick and we'll make this happen. And they didn't really want Prince anyways. They just that he's not in their plans as well. Like so this was a negotiated thing, obviously. This isn't just a throw in. This was Sean Marks targeting this guy. Now, he may not be on the team when they start playing basketball, you know, whatever in October, but he for now is an asset that the Nets were able to procure in a trade when they're pretty much giving up their assets to get rid of a guy who is crappy at basketball. Um, by the way, quick thing about Prince. Uh, I found this video online because you know what we do when we make a trade. We Google these dudes. There's a, And I post this um, BK Glue guys on Twitter. Uh, Prince had a conversation with Fox Sports where he says, you know, he talks about who the guys he sort of wants to emulate in the NBA. And he starts talking about Kevin Durant, how they train together. And how they talk, they have like a mutual friend, and he's quote cool with Kevin Durant. And I'm just saying, it's like another little nugget. So now, if I'm Kevin Durant and I'm looking at the free agent landscape, I have my buddy Kyrie saying to me, Hey, let's really go to Brooklyn. Let's do this thing right. Let's not go to the Knicks because they're a disaster. You have Karis Avert, which everyone knows that Kevin Durant is a big fan of. Karis, he, 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 
Kevin Durant has said in an article about Karis LeVert that like that he's a legit guy that he like really likes to train with and like would like to play with someday. And now you have Prince who's saying this is a guy you've tra- you've trained with Kevin Durant. There's all these little things that are adding up in the Nets' favor. The, you know, cr- that- the craziest thing that the, the craziest domino that needs to fall that I didn't think I would ever be rooting for is that now I need the Warriors to win the series all of a sudden. <laughs> you know, I yes. really, yeah, that really needs to happen. Well, and like, do we want Durant? We want Durant to come back, right? And play. No, I want him to not come back at all and then to win the series so that okay. his stock is at an all time low. And uh, yeah, that I think will probably result in him wanting to leave. Right, because if he doesn't play, he'll feel he'll he'll feel, feel more feel detached redundant. from the. Yeah, he'll, he'll like there'll be conversations. Oh, look, the Warriors did not need Kevin Durant. Yeah, um, it's stupid, like on a couple of levels, but the way that like and <clears throat> and this is the kind of level uh, that that I think Kevin Durant consumes media on the Twitter level. It's like a perfect like. Twitter like shit poster thing to do to be like, you know the the Warriors won without you like you're trash. Um, completely forgetting the fact that they like rode him all the way to the finals so that they're like even even in their completely disrepaired state. Um, like if they didn't have him for the the bulk of the season, like they would be in in even worse condition. Is my line of thinking, but. You know, Twitter being the way that it is, and shit posters being the way that they are, you know, <laughs> that would, that I think would get right into his ear and and poison his mind, you know. Well, and, and so it's like, I forget which NBA reporter was talking about this, but like they were talking about, uh, I think it was on the Athletic, and talking about Kevin Durant's media consumption, right? Like, so there's always a, a debate about how, amongst the players themselves, how much media they consume, how much media they consume about themselves. That they aren't a part of, right? I'm not talking about the the shop that LeBron does. I'm talking about like an article is written about a player. Does that player read that article? Okay, and a player, a reporter on the Athletic was saying that he was just shocked that the reporter on the Athletic was on like some random podcast talking about Kevin Durant, and Durant asked him about it specifically in like a private moment on the side. This was like months ago or whatever, and it's like this this wasn't like. He's on the Bill Simmons podcast, and he has this massive... This was just like a local, like, sort of our-level podcast that Durant either got picked up in the aggregation and landed on his desk in some way, or he literally listened to. You know, like, Durant is really... He hears it all. He just hears it all. This all comes his way. Yeah. He actively engages in it. I don't don't begrudge people that. I mean, I would do exactly the same thing in the same position. I mean, like, that's... And also, like, that's your job, and, and... like even if you want to like learn or like be like conscious of anything going on in the NBA world, you're gonna stumble on people talking about you know if you're Kevin Durant your your name, um, and I think it does behoove all the players to be somewhat aware of the goings on of the NBA. Um, sort of unavoidable in my opinion. So my thing I'm I'm still struggling with like on I don't know if my is my take I'm struggling with my take, but mm. what does this mean for D'Angelo Russell like? I don't. I can't tell if it like is, you know. I, I I said obviously at the beginning that this is a clear indication. This Allen Crab trade clearing the cap space is a clear indication to the rest of the free agents that you can come here with Kyrie. That you being whether you're Jimmy Butler, hopefully not, Kevin Durant, whoever else, Tobias Harris. Let's not forget about him. Um, you can come here with Kyrie. We have the room for you. We can make it happen. What and but like. 
does this truly change the likelihood that D'Angelo Russell is going to come back? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I think it goes. There's like a, I mean, tempt, a tempting binary to make here, which is like. <clears throat> there's sort of you, you can get the D'Angelo Russell with two other guys route but that's at the cost of all of the other role players <clears throat> and so like what's the more what's the better roster I guess ultimately like D'Angelo and Kyrie and KD or whatever or Kyrie KD and you know you know Damari and Shabazz and all, all like you know like you would have to renounce and, and trade off like all like a vast majority of the guys that were on your team last year Ed Davis um, you know, probably you'd have to get rid of one of, you know, maybe the guys that you don't want to get rid of, like Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, so, yeah, like there's those two versions of it, which I I don't really know if I have an answer to that quite yet. Um, yeah. And, what, what, and, and neither of them make me like, I don't know. I Yeah, both of them make me sad, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's part of like the cute, cuddly team getting broken up. That's like, you know, you can't get past it, I guess. Um, well, and... The- and it's like, this is going to be like a bad analogy, but let's say there was like two paths in front of the Nets where one path is just re-signing D'Lo and Kyrie not coming, or there's one where like D'Lo and Kyrie come. Now you make this trade like a third route has opened up, which actually has more, even smaller routes off of it. You know, the the, the width of the roads for the, the other two paths remain the same, but then there's a third road that opens up that has all a bunch of little paths shooting off of it. Now there's more of a possibility that another guy comes, right, than, than Kyrie Irving. This just opens up that possibility. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. It's not definite, but that, you know, the Nets, this isn't a mistake, right? Like, and the Nets doing this now, I, I said this before, but, like, it's, they're doing it on purpose now. They had all, they'd all of the opportunity in the world to wait till draft night to do it. Um, the trade can't even be finalized till July 6th. They're making – there's a reason it happened now because they want people to know, people being Kevin Durant, Tobias Harris, or whoever else, that they can come to Brooklyn. That with all this talk about Kyrie Irving probably coming to Brooklyn, it, but before this trade, it could only have really been Kyrie. Yeah. Now, with this trade, it sends a signal that, no, actually, Kevin, you can come too, or Tobias, you want to come too? Let's figure this out. We can all do this. It's not, it's not an issue. Did you ever watch Mad Men? Of course, yeah. This sort of reminds me, the people that are sort of like in this, sort of where you were last time we spoke, but now seem to be entirely pivoted. (laughs) Uh, The people that are that are in this position where they're like, you know, not sure if they want, you know, all these big names attached to the team and all that stuff, and that you know, oh god, we're training like first round picks again to get rid of Alan Crabb. Like, oh no, Uh, reminds me of the part. Remember when they're. getting rid of Mohawk Airlines and chasing American Airlines and it, yeah. like, <laughs> and it doesn't work yeah. out or whatever. And Don's like, why did we do all that? Like we had Mohawk. It was great. And all of the like, you know, ad exec guys are like, dude, you, this is, this is the way it works. You take business, you take shots at the biggest business that's around because you want to be the biggest and best thing, you know, in your, in your industry. That's what you do because that's how we, that's how we do this thing. Uh, I love that so much. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> what a like, pull. Yeah. What a pull. Mad Men went off the air like five years ago and that episode is like ten years ago. Yeah. Still oh in the my forefront god. of my brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's where we are right now. You guys are like, we loved being Mohawk. We loved working with Mohawk. It was great. <laughs> and I don't like chasing American Airlines, but American Airlines is the big client that changes the future of this company, dude. Yeah, so okay. So that so 
people who are stressing out about the first round picks, let, just sit inside my car with me in Fairport, New York for a second and let me calm you down. Um, and I'll address Brian. I'll address your concerns about why I seem to be in on the Kyrie deal mm-hmm. now. I'm not. But, uh, <laughs> sure. Sure. But so, okay. So they lost the 17th pick overall in the draft, but they get Prince, who next year will be better than the 17th pick overall draft. I understand the the opportunity of drafting guys 17 overall could have been like Bull Bull, and if Bull Bull is healthy, that's an extremely intriguing player. I'm not, I'm not doubting any of that. Um, but the way the protections work on the next first-round pick, it's never going to be in the lottery. So it's never going to be that high of a draft pick. Yes, of course, Sean Marks has shown an ability to draft guys later in the draft who ended up being very good, Jared Allen, Rodion's Karuks, but he can do that again. The Nets can always acquire a first-round pick, a late first-round pick in another way. That's not a hard thing to do. The Nets traded a mid-first-round pick for a swing in Prince, and that second first-round pick is what you have to do to get rid of Alan Crabb. And the second first-round pick, you're hoping, the one next year, is in the 20s and isn't that good. And isn't just like, and that draft next year isn't going to be the double draft that everyone's waiting for, where it's uh, not only freshmen coming out of college, but high school seniors who are coming out of high school when they shift the draft age. It's like, as you were saying with Mohawk Airlines and American Airlines, if you're going to go for a freaking championship, you can't be stressing out about a mid first round pick and a first round pick you hope to be in the mid 20s. That's those picks, while an opportunity, are unlikely to move the needle at all to getting a championship. What will significantly move the needle, whichever whichever way the needle's going to spin, is opening up all this cap space to let Kevin Durant know that he can come to Brooklyn. This is insane, Brian. I just... I Okay, I'm not... I still am very, very afraid of Kyrie Irving and all that. And you put this question to me last time, and now that it's more of a reality, it, I'm shook a bit. But the fact that, like, there's a very significant chance that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are going to be Brooklyn Nets next year, that is insane to me. I mean, from what this team had to deal with where we watched Sean Kilpatrick hoping he was the second-best player on the Nets, we're living in a reality where Kyrie Irving's probably going to come and Kevin Durant may come. That's a mm-hmm. just a bonkers reality. Like, that... To, to have taken the wreckage of the Garnett-Pierce trade and have to spun it in a relatively <clears throat> short period of time into a playoff team with D'Angelo Russell, a young all-star, but yet be able to leverage that into potentially Kyrie and Kevin Durant, that's, I mean, it may not happen, but it's it's an incredible feat from Sean Marks and the rest of the Nets to be able to do that. And, and further, like, you know my sort of larger theory about the... Uh, four-year cycles, right? You can only if if you have a somewhat competent um, management, you it's like basically it's like it's you're 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 ramping up toward you you're ramping up towards you know contention, and then um, that like sort of necessarily needs to fizzle, and then you're ramping down, and then it's like you know a big sort of wavelength that you know your franchise goes on indefinitely if you're like an average franchise that is oftentimes competitive and not perennially trash like the Knicks. Um, that's that's just sort of how it works and you know there isn't <clears throat> there isn't anything I, i've said this before we talked about it at some length 
that like meme of like this this culture can just persist and we can be like you know getting in and between like the eighth seed and the fifth seed or whatever like indefinitely and just like build upon that that's not that's like a logical fallacy that's that's what you're that's what you're thinking because that's what you saw and with, but that doesn't that's not a um for for the vast majority of of the franchises that's not how any of this works right and like you know you can I think that the way that we're headed is obviously like more stability than like really bottoming out in like a you know horrific way that we've been and like you know the 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 peaks and valleys of that wavelength are getting you know less extreme and that's that's great but when the opportunity arises to go all in on a super competitive team got to embrace it got to embrace that meme yeah this is you know I'm still I, I, I would be now disappointed, obviously, if they don't get anyone this summer. Yeah, but if, see, now if, look at you. But but if if you're left with, if you are left with re-signing D'Angelo Russell, continuing on with this young core, I you I think Prince is a better player than Alan Crabb. I'll say that definitively. So you got better in that trade by doing that initially. You could sign someone else smaller. The Nets could continue on this small growth path and then still make a big move down the road. But... They've really, I mean, they've just given up themselves so much flexibility um, in doing this. Now, the one thing I do want to say, and people are kind of giving me, uh, actually, Christian Winfield from SB Nation was giving me pushback, and obviously I don't agree with him because I had my original point, is that by making this trade, it really does eliminate the Nets out of, I think, the Anthony Davis conversation or Karen Anthony, Carl Anthony Towns conversation for trades because the Nets just got rid of two first round picks. And no matter how good those first round picks were going to be, the Nets don't have they don't have them to trade. Um, so if you were going to make an Anthony Davis trade, hey, Maggie, the key of the we got well, we got to wrap it up quick, okay? Okay, very quick. Yeah. Um, the key of the Anthony Davis trade was just going to be it's going to be Karis LeVert and Jared Allen, but also first round picks because that's what you would have needed to send out. Um, they don't have those first round picks anymore, so really it eliminates the Nets as major trade players. Unless if that trade is completely focused on the players the Nets have, um, but let's just we'll 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 put a cap on it now. We're we are going to talk most likely to Puccio on Tuesday, so we're going to get into even more stuff about this, more stuff about Kyrie with him, what he knows, um, more about what the Nets may be doing in free agency. Um, we'll I'll eventually say something about the draft though obviously now it doesn't matter as much thank <laughs> nope. you all for listening hey there's a lot of good. emails that we didn't get to and we'll get to eventually sean good friend ryan blake matt rodbird you know guys that we you know see around um we'll, we'll hit you back sorry about that um thank you all for listening um catch us early next week on netsdaily.com itunes five stars we want them we need and we have to have them at pk glue guys on twitter uh and this is uh just just get ready guys this is like the wildest off season the Nets have ever had mm. potentially and it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be fun so all right thank everybody. you for coming along take care bye, bye. yeah boy <laughs>